This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Yak Gadget, made in America, based outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Yak Gadget offers all kinds of storage accessories, quick mount motor mounts, anchor systems, track monitored accessories, even paddles. Go to yakgadget.com and get your kayak decked out for your next trip out on the water. The 153 Bay Company, based in Troy, Ohio, make everything from plastics to custom painted hard baits. Hook them hard and hook them off. All of our baits are made to order and all of our hard baits are hand painted to order. So go to the153anglers.com to place your order today. To hell and back is in the job description. Being roughed up, scuffed up, run over, kicked, thrown, dropped, dunked, and done the unthinkable is a duty we've embraced for more than 40 years. Through superior engineering and constant innovation, only Pelican has conquered the chaos a life of ambition can dish out. And we've done it to empower you. Welcome to the Real Down on Paddling Fin with your hosts, Dan Perry and Jimmy Skinner, where we talk about everything in tournament kayak fishing. Here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down. It's just me right now tonight. I uh, got a special guest host. Uh, we gave Dan the night off, spent some time with his family, get some stuff done. Uh, got a big show planned up. Uh, we're going to go over the uh, Bass Nation Kayak Series event that we just had on Lake Fork last weekend. Uh, I was down there, but a couple of the other uh, Paddle and Finn guys, uh, 196 anglers showed up for that one. It was killer. Um, uh, like and share it. Let's get everybody on here and uh, let's get going. But uh, first off, the guest host, we brought in old Armando. What's on, dude? What's going on, everyone? What? How you doing, Jimmy? I'm tired, man. I'm like, I didn't think I would be this beat from just enjoying a week of fishing, but I am worn out. Nine and a half hour trip one way, nine and a half hour trip back. It was a rough week of fishing. The weather sucked with the 30 mile an hour winds. Yeah. Dude, it was... It was bad. What about you? I'm doing all right, man. Uh, you know, kind of like mixed feelings about the tournament, about what I did in the tournament. But, you know, it, it, it was kind of disappointing for me. Um, the tournament didn't fish quite the way I was expected. Definitely not what it fished last year when Cody Milton won it. But, I mean, it's a great time. It's, it's Bass Nation. You get to, you know hang out with uh, some of the best anglers in the world, pick their brains on, uh, you know, and, and just have fun, man. Uh, catching a fish, I know it's kind of cliche, but that that's just, you know, how do you say well, it? That's I, just, yeah. Yeah, no, right. I feel you. We had, like, I, I think I was guilty. I spent too much time looking versus keeping a line in the water. Um, I shared a house with 
some really, really killer anglers from Tennessee. And, uh, that was a great time. Uh, most of them were on really good fish and we knew what they were doing, but we kept trying to pick areas that were just like kind of off the beaten path as much as we could. Cause we knew how many people were going to be down and all that effort that we put in. And by the time we, you know, got it dialed in, it didn't matter. Well, you know, we thought we had a spot. Uh, we went the day before the tournament, one final look, no one was there cause it's a two mile run, really popular spot on the lake. But I mean, there were like 30 fish on beds that I knew I could catch cause it's something I've spent time learning and, uh, tournament morning we showed up and there were 17 people headed that or 14 of the 17 yeah. people at the ramp went that way. And it was like an old bass boat race, man. I was the only one with a motor on the, on my frontier and a guy in a, uh, PA 14, 360 pedaled his heart off to stay in front of me. And he beat me there by about a hundred yards, probably about 60 seconds. And it was, there were three kayaks and two bass boats locked up in that spot. And the spot's only 20 yards wide. So we couldn't even get in there. And we just, the biggest heartbreak, you get to sit there and watch, we watched them catch 17 fish in 20 minutes. Um, the guy that, the guy that beat me there held first place for like five hours. And it was just, and then my day just went downhill from there. I lost a whole bunch of tungsten flipping trees. One cool thing that did happen is we <laughs> were the, the, spot, the spot right outside of the spot we were in was where Fletcher Shyrock did really good at the MLF last year on day one. So mm. we went over there and started flipping the trees. And sure enough, Fletcher Shyrock pulled up in his wrapped boat, sat and talked to us for a little while while we were fishing. And that was kind of cool. But yeah, it was a good tournament. A lot of experience. A lot of gators. I did not know that like yeah, had gators. Dude. Big gators. Speaking big of gators. gators, I'm gonna go ahead and shout out my boy Mark Coates. He met me at the ramp, told me his day was worse than mine. I told him there was no possible way. And then he <laughs> showed the me picture. <laughs> he showed me this. And oh, hold on. I took it away. Oh, I'll have to find that in a minute. I it, it disappeared on my computer. But well, while you get it, let me tell you something. He's lucky. In a way that he only got that six foot gator on his kayak, because I was wishing that um, uh, Caney Creek, like past the bridge, like really, really shallow waters, and I ran into a giant gator. And the funny thing is, I cast out, and I see, I cast right towards where he was. He was right at the bank. I wasn't looking because it's kind of camouflage, you know. They're you know, gators are kind of like grayish and dark, and you know, the bank is all mud, so. Um, I didn't notice until I start reeling my bladed jig that that's a gator. So I stopped reeling, took a pic, took my phone out, took a picture and a video, and then put my phone away and start reeling my bait again. And of course, it got snagged. And I'm just, you know, discreetly trying to get it on snag as quiet as I wanted to be. That gator caught his attention and just kind of lifted his head and started eyeballing me and all of a sudden starting scraping his way to the water. And I'm like, nope, nope, nope. Get the scissors, get the scissors. I am out. <laughs> I don't care if it's a jackhammer. It's not worth it. No. So there's some giant gators on that part. Well, everybody can look it up. Apparently, I like clicked off the picture and it is gone now. But uh, yeah, I'll just look up Mark Mark Coates. He's got it on his page. I'll share it on the Paddle and Fin page after this. But he was standing and punching uh, a mat and had like a six foot gator crawl into the back of his kayak with him. And he proceeded to get out of said kayak. <laughs> yep. But, but yeah, man, I'm sure these guys have got a lot of stories. We'll go ahead and get them on. Yeah. I know uh, they already been on KBN. Uh, that was a good show. But without further ado, uh, the winner, Nate Gloria, couldn't get second place. Um, if you end up listening to this, man, I looked and asked everybody I knew, yep. and we could not find you. But third place, Lance Burris. What's up, guys? Wow, my screen oh, flipped yeah. y'all around, and it just confused me. Lance, how you doing? Nate, how you guys doing? Sorry, you got crossed there. Doing good. Awesome, man. Thank you guys doing for coming well. up to the I show. I don't know about you, Lance, but yeah, I don't know about you, Lance, but I am beat. I'm tired. Um, <laughs> I got my first full night of sleep last night. And... Whoop! Oh, we lost Nate. He was having trouble Nate. with his battery. Yep. Yep. Lance, um, tell us about. Well, go ahead, Jimmy. Well, yeah, I was just. Uh, First off, tell everybody who you are if they don't know who you are. Uh, where are you from? How'd you get into kayak fishing? 
Uh, I'm Lance Burroughs. I've uh, been around kayaks for quite a while. I uh, got into the kayak tournaments in 2018. Uh, fished with the, the Moyak Fishing Series uh, here in Missouri. And uh, I fished four of the BASS tournaments last year, uh, some of the KBF. Uh, that's far as some of the national championships. Uh, that's about it. Fished the TOC once against uh, Nate. Yeah. Went down Did you, uh, you said you fished for the events last year. Has that got you qualified for? Did you qualify for the, the classic coming up with Bass Nation? Yeah. You yeah, gonna make it down there? You gonna make it to it? Yeah. Awesome. I've heard a lot of guys that are qualified bailing out on it. I, I mean, like, like half the guys in our house were qualified for it and said they didn't think they were going to make it. That's a bummer. I think it's going to be a good event, especially since they moved it off that lake. Yeah. yeah awesome kind should be on fire. Yeah. I think the change of the date kind of affected that. I've heard that from a few people that they oh, had yeah. it off but couldn't change it. Yeah, I definitely don't agree with the, you know, like mid-season swapping of the date and location. I, I know a couple of people personally that lost a lot of money in reservations on that. No. But, uh, but yeah, man, well, we're glad to have you. Uh, Nate, for anybody that doesn't know who you are, tell us about yourself, where you're from, how you got into kayak fishing. Yeah, sure. I'm Nate Glory. I'm uh, 29. I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, you know, I got into kayak fishing. I, interesting story, actually. I used to uh, care for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities and had a gentleman who uh, lived with me. Um, we kind of shared life together, and uh, one of the things that he loved to do was fish, and one of the things that I loved to do was fish. And uh, we were out at the lake one day, and I had seen a kayak go by, and I said, man, if I could, if I could get a kayak, I could maybe get over that stump over there. And there might be a bass, you know, on that stump. And so I ended up going to Bass Pro Shop, bought a $450 kayak, and uh, went out to that lake, went right to that stump and caught a four-pounder, and I was hooked on it since then. Um, and uh, then got into tournament uh, fishing not long after that as I went to, to Lake Wanahoo, met up with uh, Marty Hughes, if you know who, who that is. A uh, great friend of mine, he, uh, he introduced me to tournaments, invited me to come and, come and fish a tournament. And... Uh, uh, you know, that's kind of when I fell in love with tournament fishing and been doing it since. It's when the addiction started, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That was, I think that's almost all of our stories, man. It started out as a fun way to not spend money and fish. And then here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Spending lots of money to fish. Cause yeah, it's, it's a, it, it's a challenge chasing some of these longer events, you know? Yeah, definitely. I, it's, it's sad that I even, and I know I'm not even the only one, but a lot of these guys, will pay the money to get in these big events just to kind of hang out with everybody. Like, like half of our house was there to like really try and cash a check. And then the other half was just kind of like, whatever. I just paid the money to come out here for a week. And then it'll get Bodie. Mine put it a good way too. If you break it down over, like we were there, like I think five days, it's really not that expensive, but it was a, it was a good trip, but uh, let's get into forks. So whichever one of y'all want to talk about it, and Armando, you fished it too. I fished it. So um, whoever wants to talk about it, kind of lay out Lake Fork for anybody that doesn't know about that amazing fishery. Wants to start. Lance, I'm interested to hear hear how you caught him, man. Um, you know, <laughs> dude, Lance is, is just as good as a stick on Fork. Um, he's got uh, just as, as good a consistency as, uh, as anybody on that lake right now. So... Um, I'm eager to learn from you, man. If you want to get us started, man, what, what, how are you catching them? Uh, this is my third time on Fork. Uh, so far, Fork has been pretty good to me. It is one of the most diverse lakes, I think, as far as being able to go from one end of the lake and seeing 45 degrees to the other end and seeing 65 and you can fish anything you pretty well want to, unless you're looking for rocks. And then there aren't. So <laughs> there are none. Yeah. Something about the temperature that blew my mind. I mean, just like you said, the the swing of the temperature. But in the short distance, you can see that temperature swing. Like I would put in in 55 degree water, and I would go less than a mile back in a pocket, and I got 70 degrees one time, and it was just like Jesus. And you could literally just watch the like the way the fish, like you had fish on beds there 
And then you had the pre-spawn fish outside. It was just so crazy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The cove I was in, or the cove I started in, was 49 degrees on one side of it. The other side was 56. That's nuts. And then 60 went, and, and it wasn't 100, 100 yards wide. That's insane. Wow. Yeah, it was a. Uh, so I, I pretty fish. I I don't typically break down one spot on the lake all when i first get there i kind of kind of get myself about two and a half days to break down the lake and i'll just first day hop and skip from each end so i can kind of see what the temperatures are and different places um, and then i'll start kind of narrowing it down towards kind of seeing how the how the bass are reacting at what stage of the, they're in especially around the spawn since uh twice i've fished kind of the spawn area or in the spring and on fork and then once in the fall but um, this year was it was about a wisely about a week behind to a week and a half behind what it was last year and the same time uh, just going off of where i found them so i kind of broke down i was looking for the coldest water because i figured since it did have a cold front uh, that water it can warm up really quick, but the fish may not be ready for it. So I was trying to find that mass of big fish and where they were. If, if I found them, I could find more than if I found a couple of uh, spawners that a lot of people might find. Yeah. And I actually didn't find everything I was looking for in pre-fishing, and I stumbled across it on tournament day. And just as it progressed through the day, I found them a little better. And if I had about 30 more minutes, I would have been feeling really good. <laughs> <laughs> heck yeah man you know it's something to, to talk about a lake fork man even when you're not on the fish there at least for everybody that we fished around the fish there are just so much bigger and i don't even just mean your, the good ones the 20 plus fish like my buddy caught a i think it was 11 inches and was over a pound and a half <laughs> like that lake is insane as far as healthy fish go like I was catching 17s that weighed like three and a half pounds that were putting up a good fight. And then, you know, like where we, like you were, you were focusing on colder water. We had a bunch of good reports about them, you know, already up and spawning and stuff. So that's what I like to fish for this time of year. So that's kind of what I put all my, my eggs in that basket and rolling up on some of the beds and seeing some of those giant fish just swimming around. Like I was thought I was on a female at one point was fishing the female trying to get it to bite probably about four or five pounds and then the female comes out from under the mat runs into the male and they both leave and that was one of the biggest fish i've ever seen in person and was like wow this the, the bucks out here huge but yeah it was it was a killer tournament but uh tell us how you were gonna find them nate and then we'll really dial into like on tournament day specifically like y'all's days yeah, uh, Lance, that's extremely interesting, man, and and to be honest with you, quite impressive, um, because yep. you're the only soul I know uh, that was chasing cold water. Um, I, mine was completely different, man. I was I was chasing warm water. Um, you know, I had heard on the guide reports that uh, you know Northern Creeks like Running Creek, uh, Glade Creek. There's another one. I cannot remember the name of it. I know it starts with a C. It's up in the far right hand side up there. Um, but, uh, Birch Creek, you know, we, you know, the reports had said that those were all just on fire. And so that's what we did pre-fishing. We checked, we checked some of those creeks up that way. Um, and, uh, just didn't find what we were looking for. And I think on that day, uh, cause we, we, we got in Wednesday night, uh, uh, late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning. Um, and so then we had Thursday and Friday to pre-fish. So Thursday was spent all in those Northern creeks, like, you know, running and, and uh and birch and and we went over to rogers creek um and uh you know we didn't see a whole lot of people so i don't know if that was the day that most folks decided to uh, you know maybe check uh check glade or 
or uh, check uh, um, uh, Little Caney. Um, and so then on, on Friday, we pre-fished uh, Little Caney. My, my buddy, uh, he knows that I you know previously won a tournament there uh, on Little Caney. So, you know, he's like, I know you're probably dying to go there. Um, I was like, I am. We've at least got to go check it out. And so, uh, so we did. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm real glad that we did. <laughs> yeah. It's a good decision. Cash a check off of that. You know, we, yeah. I fished the extreme northern end of it up under the bridge. I never put in at the ramp just because the one time we drove by, we saw so many people. Yeah. But from everybody I talked to, like our, our whole house hit Caney at one point and Caney was on fire. Like, for it to sustain fish for that many people for that many days. And I, like I was up in, in Glade Creek and it was the same way. The bass boater I talked to, like, like I said at the beginning, you know, they caught 17 fish in 20 minutes and he was talking and said, yeah, we've caught eight or I'm sorry, four, eight pounders out of this hole this week. I mean, it, yeah. it was just insane how they were reloading. Report on Friday night as well that, uh, there was like a couple of eight pounders that were caught out of Glade that, that day on Friday. Um, so, you know, going to the, into the event for me personally, um, I didn't have anything to go off of, to be honest with you. I had, uh, if you know where the boat ramp is at, uh, little Caney, I went straight across to one of the points right there. Um, thinking that some of the bass from the main lake were still traveling in, uh, and I could pick some off there. And in pre-fishing, we were able to catch them on live scope like that. But, uh, uh, tournament day for the first 30 minutes, I sat there and uh, not a single bite. So, um, you know, the fish were in such a, a, a mood to, to travel and to be on the move and, and, and headed back toward the creeks. Um, you just had to find the right place to inter- intercept the, the right size of class of fish. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and it goes to say, too, that you saw the lake, like you saw the bite changing. Like we had a guy that mm-hmm. got there the day before everybody and he just completely waxed them. And then he fished each day after that, and we're just—he's very, very methodical. It's—it's it's Adam Riser, you know. He's—he's mm-hmm. a stick, and he was just talking about like, man, this is changing, this has changed. And, you know, we thought it was making an upswing, and it seemed like each day it just got tougher and tougher and tougher. But, but it was still—it was a fun trip nonetheless. What about you, Armando? We'll—we'll we'll treat you. You was one of the tournament anglers. How did—how'd your pre-fishing I- go? I I was being a one-trick pony on that. Um, by the way, shout out to Anulfo who's on the show. He's already texted me. He said hi. So thanks for, thanks Anulfo for tuning in and supporting the channel. But I I you know I was being a one-trick pony, um, and that came to bite me. I fish where I've always fished on Lake Fork. It always brings success to me on Lake Fork where I caught some of the biggest bass, and I thought it was going to work out because I fish it kind of around the same time every every year. Um, I did venture up Caney Creek, kind of where Nate was, um, but I'm pre-fishing on thir- on yeah Thursday, but I only managed one bite, and like he said, it was it was really kind of weird, and I'm guessing that big uh, snowstorm that came in two weeks earlier still has a little bit to do with it when you look at what Cody Milton put up last year, um, and it was March 14th, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and they was all bed fishing. Everybody was bed fishing, and he just happened to be the better at it that day. This one was bag, mixed bags, and Lance attest to w- what he was saying. You know, he was looking for cold water, which was a ticket maybe to where he to get where he was because not a lot of people were doing that. Everybody was just being a bank beater. Um, and then there were some spots where you can find um, bedding bass, and I did. And there were some spots where there was you would think there were bedding bass but they were not at all they were more like what nate had you know kind of like pushing shad up the bank my spot that i wanted to got fished so hard and that's one of the questions i wanted to ask you guys how did um the you know all, all the boat traffic there was a i think there was a crappy tournament there was a boat tournament that boat tournament kind of cost me and not cost me i'm not making excuses but it did cost me i guess a fish because i went to a creek where i saw two beds um and i was with one of the guys that um was was with the jeremy mitchell crew and it's funny because he sees me pitching constantly at them same spot so he comes up and says hi and we started talking i'm like man i'll be honest with you and you're probably gonna come here tomorrow if you see me at this spot if you beat me to it 
I just let you know, I'll give you a secret and, you know, make of it what you want. But I don't, you know, when I come back tomorrow, I kind of want to hit this spot. If you're here before me, if you don't mind sharing it, because we saw, I saw two big females just betting like 15 feet from each other. So he's like, oh, that's cool, man. You know, we, if, if I get here before you, if I don't come, you know, we'll, we'll share the spot. So that was cool of him. Um, so we, I did find two females. I was like, I'll leave him alone. I tried, I tried a little bit to see if I can get him enticed to a bite, but, uh, I was struggling with it. So I was like, you know what? Um, I'm going to leave it alone. Come back tomorrow. So when I got there tomorrow, uh, this huge platoon, you know, of, of kayaks just heading to that same spot. And I was like, you know what? I'm not, uh, it's going to be too crowded. So I went back to the spots that I'm familiar with. Hoping that, you know, later throughout the day they will leave and I can go back to the spot. And I did. And I found one of the betting fish. Uh, there was a guy from, I think, from Idaho fishing there, too. And he, he was right where the bed was. He was, like, really anchored in, shallow anchored right where the best bed was. And I told him, like, hey, man, I don't know if it's okay with you, but right behind you there should be a bedding bass. I mean, you can even see the tail kind of, like, way um, – kind of like aerating or cleaning the eggs. Planning, yeah. You don't, <laughs> so he's like, you don't mind? I mean, you can cast through it. I just, I've been eyeing it from, from yesterday. And he's like, no, nah, man, cool. Have the spot. And I, I couldn't find, I couldn't get it to bite, left the area, came back. Um, and then I eventually did find it, it was, a, I think, a 17-inch bass. Later at the ramp, and I, may, I know I'm making this short story way too long, I talked to two guys that were fishing there, and they said that a boat, uh, from a tournament actually caught the female at that same bed, actually both beds. Um, and then they had to put him back because they were on a slot limit and the, that female was too big for the slot limit. So that tells you how big that female was, but that might've spooked him out of the, well, of the nest. The Lake Fork slot limit is ridiculous anyway. Yeah. Like it has to be 16 or over 24, I think. 16 and under or over 24 is what they told me. They're sl- like, so their, their five fish tournaments come in like, seven pounds like it's it's weird what he was telling me because they they were they like they caught an 18 and had to throw it back and i was like wait that's not yeah. even in your slot and he was like no it's 16 to 24 yeah and i was like dude i wouldn't even be fishing a boat tournament out here then i would just come out here and fish like <laughs> what but, how uh, did that affect you guys lance and Barris? sorry to cut you off there jimmy the the boat traffic all the people not only the the, the kayak anglers who were 196 but I mean, the tour guys, the crappy fishing tournament, the bass fishing tournament. How did it, that play into your game plan and how that affected you all? Let's start with you, Lance. Uh, when I was pre-fishing, it, it did affect it a little bit, which is kind of why I started aiming towards cold water because anywhere that I thought I wanted to be, there were boats and kayaks all over it. And I feared the fish had reloaded or numb to it and they'd bite again the next morning. Just I would have had to beat them there. So I kind of had two plans in play for tournament day. Uh, the first one was to hit a hit the back of a pocket that I figured had beds in, or actually I knew it had beds in there, and see if I could catch them before their boat showed up. Um, and some reason the the females weren't they weren't eating in the morning, so I basically left that spot, went to my second spot where the colder water was, and I ran in a few bass boats, but they weren't. They weren't where I was fishing. They were fishing kind of different. You can tell they had guys, and every boat had three people in it. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. but they they weren't doing what I was doing. They were you can tell they were hitting hitting pockets, but then they were hitting some deeper water. And these fish, I mean, there could have been deeper fish out there, but I don't fish deep, so I wouldn't have found. But they found if they had them. I feel you. But it's a. Uh, I found all my fish in two and a half to four feet of water. Wow. And that cold of water is, is, is what's impressive, man. Um, that's uh, cause that was, you know, I was catching mine in one to three foot of water. Um, but my water temps were, you know, 62, 63. Um, so hats off to you to be able to catch them in that cold water. Cause that's not easy, man. So yeah. to be able to figure out a bite like that, you know, against a, field of those kind of anglers is uh certainly impressive man and much different than what anybody else was doing which probably led to your success so very 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 well done what about you nate do you have any trouble with the extreme amounts of pressure from the boat to be honest yeah to be honest with you no uh the point i got there first thing in the morning was just right across the boat ramp 
uh, didn't catch anything there, but, uh, you know, anytime that, that I had seen that point throughout the day, I had not seen anybody fishing it. Um, and then the, the two cuts that I had fished, uh, there was one, one kayaker who, uh, um, I had gone in there first thing in the morning and hit a 12 inch fish. I, I, uh, took a photo of it without the identifier on it. So that one was out, <laughs> out, out, the, out of, uh, uh, contention right off the gate. And then I had, uh, I had caught a 21 incher, uh, the, uh, the day before pre-fishing in this cut, which is why I went back there and, uh, broke that one off in the morning. And so when I came back to that area later on, there was a guy that pretty much kind of made his, his, his home in that, in that, uh, little cut. Um, and then the other, the other cut that I was in, there was, uh, one kayak angler who was fishing, uh, uh, you had, you had the weeds and then you had some open water, uh, between the, the weeds and the bank. Um, and he was kind of tucked back up inside of there. So I breezed by him and just kind of went further back into the, into the cut there. And, um, uh, yeah, so I really didn't, uh, didn't run into too much, uh, pressure as far as, you know, other kayaks and other boats go, which was quite surprising as many guys yeah. put in, put in at Little Caney. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, let's but a lot, a lot of guys went up to, up, up to that, uh, Creek where you went, Jimmy is a lot of guys went cl- clear up there. So I, th- I think you probably had pretty good company up there, didn't you? Well, I ended up not fishing up there tournament day. But that was the reason is I knew we, we brought it down to two spots. I knew if we did Caney, the guy I had with me, that was his plan. And I was like, man, everybody's going to do that because what we would do on pre-fishing is we would put in at the bridge mm-hmm. up, up in the Creek. And I mean, by safe light, people were already run up there in their torpedoes. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, this is the same thing's going to happen. So we, we put, and I'll, and I'll say the spot, it's not a secret. We were on Mark Daniel's spot from Mm -hmm. the MLF and Glade Creek last year. And uh, he's not lying, man. That spot's magical. But every guy on that lake knows that. So, yeah. And the the people that own the land that that pocket's surrounded by, they they tell everybody, too, it was hilarious. Every time somebody would come by, they'd be like, oh, there's so many big fish in here. Come fish over here. (laughs) It was so funny. But, uh, but yeah, well, let's get into it. Uh, Lance, why don't you tell us actually, like, Walk us through your tournament day, you know, tell us how you, how you called them. If you want to, you ain't got to say where, or just whatever you want to say. All right. So, um, yeah, basically I, I started out, I had two other kayaks that launched the same place I did. Um, me and another guy had one spot picked out one pocket. So we both basically just went together whenever it was time to leave. And we went to the back of it, and neither one of us caught anything big. We had a bunch of bucks that hit. Um, and I I could tell the big fish weren't biting like they were before there. So if they got hammered the day before, whatever would happen. Uh, we both took off and went back to our second spot. So I went to a complete different cove. It was about a 30-minute uh, drive of Torquedo. And went around. Uh, so I, I just started cranking a lipless. Uh, I mean, they're... I found a found a couple on lipless, went in some of the pockets, and not a lot of fish, but the ones that were hitting were decent. Uh, so I just basically just went to, I was actually really beating the banks, and between chatterbait and the lipless, I was picking out uh, big ones. I think I upgraded three times uh, throughout the day, and I was heading to the back of the cove because I only found one spot that I had caught them on frog. Uh, and pre-fishing a couple days before and I went back there and ran into the two other kayaks that I saw the rest of the day so I only saw four total and so I just turned around because it was a very small area so I turned around went back out to where I started getting bites again and the wind was cranked up at that time that time and it just pushed the big ones up on the bank uh, so I I basically made about four laps back and forth on this one bank and every time I went back through there I'd catch another 20 inch or another 19 inch or so I think I would have had time to make one, one more haul through there. Um, Slid right on up in the first, huh? <laughs> I had a 17 and a half. I need to bail wow. off. <laughs> so, and just because I, I didn't say him at the beginning, um, here were the numbers for these guys. Lance had a 97 and a quarter, uh, 23 quarter, 20 and a half, 19 and a half, 19. And that 17 and a half you just were talking about. And Nate had 98 anchored with a big old 22 and a half man the fish that you got on your board are ridiculous size man anybody that hasn't checked it out 
or didn't see the pictures that Bassmaster posted, go check it out on Tourney X and the archive tournaments. It was ridiculous. Big old fish. But uh, Lance, tell us, uh, we hear everybody go over there. Everybody throws chatterbaits. We hear so many guys chatterbait combos. What's your lipless setup? Uh, so it's a half ounce red eye shad. Mm-hmm. Uh, just red. And that's basically it. I don't throw, throw it very often. It gets about one tournament use out of the year, and it tends to be fork. So, I hear you. Uh, uh, what's your what's your rod and reel setup on that? What what kind of stuff you preferring? Uh, so I throw Kisslers. Yeah, um, I'll throw their their Helians. Uh, haven't broke one since I got one a couple of years ago. It's been my most reliable live rod I ever got a hold of. Uh, they got this reel out, and it will cast a mile. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably my favorite thing about throwing a lipless is how far I can throw it. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a fun a fun bait to throw. Are you throw you like throwing yours on mono or? I'll throw it on fluoro. Fluoro. I still haven't quite I'll, decided I'll what I like on, throughout uh, tomorrow. I, I throw it on twenty a twenty pound P line. That's what I had it on. Uh, I just like a little extra stretch, so when they do hit, I don't yeah. pull the hooks out. And I love throwing braid, but something, something about that, I like the, the floor on there, and uh, it tends to come through grass a little easier without getting cut into it. That's awesome. There's the numbers. And uh, also, shout out to Mr. Dwayne Wally. Uh, congrats on another good event on Tourney X and getting that Bass Nation event all put together. It was is really good. I think the worst thing we had was all the parking at the marina because <laughs> that was ridiculous. Yeah, great job by doing. I, I, it was w- super well well run. I mean, you, there's you, no complaints here. Yeah, I, I actually talked to Dwayne a little bit. I texted him and uh, gave him compliments on how well Tourney X worked for this event. Uh, I don't think anybody had any issues whatsoever. Um, so yeah, hats off to you, Dwayne. You've been doing this for a number of years now and and it was, it's really cool to, to be able to have a trophy with Tourney X on there. Um, you, you've done a great job. So uh, thanks for letting us use your system, man. Yeah, especially in the times that we live in right now and everything that's, you know, that's going on uh, with the pandemic and all the restrictions and all that for the, the way Dwayne has handled it and, you know, made decisions change, uh, you know, and adjusted when it what it's needed to be. Um, I mean, shout out to him. You can't mm-hmm. ask for a better job than what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yep, another good one for the books, man. All right, well, Nate, you're the man of the hour. We're going to hand the floor over to you, good sir. Tell us how you whipped our butts. Sure. Um, you know, it was unexpected, to be honest with you. Um, you know, both times that uh, that I've been down to Fork uh, in, the, in the recent times have been uh, really tough pre-fishing. Um, and and maybe, maybe some of that is accredited to just eliminating some water. Um, you know, I think that we, uh, uh, you know, spending those, those few days or that out or that first day pre-fishing up North, uh, really clued us in that, uh, you know, those fish may not as, you know, be as active as they were, uh, the days prior to, when we had seen everybody posting all, all these big fish, uh, that was tough to watch, uh, you know, being at work that for those few days there and, and everybody else being down at Lake Fork at that time, uh, um, but uh, so we put our we put our eggs in, in a little little caney. I traveled with a partner, so we both wanted to put in at the same place, uh, just for ease of, of tournament day. And uh, and uh, so I started out from the boat ramp. I went uh, uh, maybe forty five yards across the, the the lake right there and started fishing a point. Used my live live scope uh, with pan optics. Um, I'd caught them there that way the day before um, Friday morning pre fishing. I uh, thought that, you know, I could pick up maybe three or four fish. Um, and uh, f- after 30 minutes, uh, I didn't have a single bite. So um, I knew I had to make some adjustments and, and uh, figure something out. Uh, so I went down, uh, you know, kind of toward uh, the back, you know, just kept running back toward the creek to see if I could intercept these fish and um, ran into uh, a cut where I'd cut the caught the 21-incher uh, pre-fishing the day before there. And uh, went in there, caught a caught a 12 inch fish. You know, I uh, took a photo of that. Didn't have the uh, identifier in there, um, and uh, and so that one was no good. I took a, 
a cast at the right at the spot where I'd caught the 21 incher. And I see, you know, one of the things that was uh, super important for me was uh, just kind of presenting things as a little bit more finesse. Uh, a lot of guys were throwing the big old white buzz frogs that they would be able to see if they sunk it on top of a bed. Um, and it was a real large profile. So I went to, you know, a, a very small uh, creature bait, uh, Texas rigged weightless, and I would uh, run it across the top of the water. Uh, and it had just enough action just to make a little bit of, you know, uh, disturbance on the top of the water. And, uh, so I casted it up there and seen this big old weight come behind the bait. And it, and, you know, I, I said it earlier on KBN, it, it startled me to be honest with you, uh, which caused the reaction for me to just stop the bait. You know, um, I was more stunned at the weight that was behind this, this bait. Um, well it eats it and I set the hook and it broke me off. Um, and so right then and there, I was pretty defeated. You know, that's, uh, that's, that's two fish on, uh, a, a lake that, you know, has got a lot of pressure, um, at that moment in time. And so every bite counts. Um, and I knew that. And so I went down to another, the, the next cut down thinking that if there's some fish here, maybe there's some more that pulled into this next one here. And, um, I, uh, I took a cast in there, buzzed it across the top and seen a big old weight come. And that was a 19 and a half. Uh, take a photo of that one and a few minutes goes by uh, about 10, 10 yards down to the left of that one on the same bank. I see another bass just chasing bait. I mean, and, and, and what I think happened was, you know, these bass had just pulled into this, this little cut, you know, that morning um, and decided, yep, this is where I'm going to make my bed and just started, you know, eating and chasing off anything. Crazy. That was in, yeah. yeah. Just saying, no, I don't want you here kind of thing. And uh, So I did the same thing presentation on that one. Uh, followed my bait. I killed it. And that was a 21 and a quarter. Um, and a few minutes goes by 10 more yards down. I see another bass chasing bait. I throw in there and that's a 16, seven, five. Um, and at that point, then I, uh, I pull, I, I started to pull out of that, that little cut to go back up to where I'd lost the 21, um, or broke off that fish. I think it was the 21 again. Um, and, uh, I get to the mouth of it and I'm, you know, thinking to myself, like, you know, what are you doing leaving fish to go find fish? Like, you know, turn around and get back there. And so, uh, I turned around, uh, went back there and, uh, there was a bass boat, uh, that had pulled right into there and, and I had invited him over and I said, Hey, I said, you guys, you know, I've seen you guys out here the day before. Um, you know, I haven't, I haven't caught much here. And he's like, well, you're back. And I said, well, I was like, I just don't want to leave fish to find fish. And, and he's like, well, I can get out of here then. And I said, no, I said, you guys, you know, you guys can fish that side. I've already fished that side. I'm going to fish this side of the cut over here. And, and, uh, had, had a bladed jig on for Mr. B lures and threw that up along the weed edge line. And, and, uh, that's what gave me my, uh, 7.71 pounder and, uh, 22 and a half inches, um, which was, which was my personal best. Uh, uh, so to catch that in the tournament was, was really cool. Um, and, uh, so I pulled out of that cove and went back up to the cove where I'd lost the 21. Um, and there, when I get, get over to that cut there, uh, there's a guy all the way in the back, basically right, you know, over top of where I had seen the 21 inch fish. And I could see that he was working a bedded fish at that moment. Um, and so I took a cast in, uh, to the right and, uh, let it, you know, I ran it across the top of the water, let it, let it sink without really seeing a wake behind it. Um, and just felt a tick on my line. And, uh, that one was an 18 and, and that was my five fish card for the day. Um, and didn't have another bite until, uh, the end of the day, uh, about 15 minutes left to go. I, I was at the point across from the boat ramp. Um, and, uh, I ended up hitting a, a 16, seven, five, which, uh, was equal to my smallest fish. So, uh, it didn't yeah. help me any, but, uh, you know, having 98 inches, you know, seeing a lake, uh, just absolutely exploding for folks, you know, over the last few days and, and leading into the new moon, uh, the overnight low was 61, um, which it was the highest that it had been all week, uh, looking at the weather. Uh, so it was just the, the perfect combination for these big bass to kind of roll in and say, you know, now's my time to get in there and start, start dropping some eggs. So, um, you know, I just happened to find the, 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 the right little cut with, uh, with some quality fish in there. It was definitely timed. I think, I don't think there's been a kayak tournament timed as perfect as this one was. No, no. And not, not taken away from any of the other, like, I think, I mean, you can plan as much as you can, but God knows the weatherman can be wrong anytime you look at anything. Mm -hmm. But it just, everything just played out, which was yeah, really you're cool. Right. I mean, you're so right. I mean, Bass has had this event scheduled for, for a while now, right? Well, that, that two week uh, cold front, man, uh, 
kind of put a stall on things, you know, down there yep. at Fork. And, and sure. uh, you know, you heard the guide reports, uh, you know, coming into the tournament. They all were talking, uh, this lake is going to pop any second, any day, you know. Uh, I had ran into a guy on, on uh, Thursday pre-fishing, and he, he came by and he said, have you caught anything? And I said, no. I said, but I've heard that the lake's going to, you know, it's going to it's gonna bust wide open here pretty soon. And he goes, yeah, people keep telling me that, you know, every day or every hour this is going to happen. And uh, he goes, I'm just still waiting on that hour. <laughs> so um, I think uh, that just kind of happened for, for uh, a lot of guys on, on Saturday. A lot of guys caught some good fish. Something that I thought was pretty cool was uh, the I'm trying to remember what he what he calls himself. I think it's the Your Lake Fork God mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. He uh, uh, LFG. Not I, maybe the Google Squad. You mean? No, 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 no. Oh. No, Your Lake Fork. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know which a, one you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah the guy with the yeah, he's a cool guy. He cool did guy. a he did a report. I think it was a the week before. Yeah, I saw that one. But he was he said he said, Man, these kayak guys are gonna kill it because we can't get back to where the water is that mm-hmm. which I mean, outside of what Lance was doing, what most everybody else was doing when the lake was on fire earlier in the week, getting up, you know, super shallow, catching the really aggressive fish. But it's just funny that, you know, the bass boat guys called us. Something I'll I liked about being out at Lake Fork compared to some of the other big tournaments I've done, like everybody in Texas knew why we were there. Like yeah, we stopped at a bar. We stopped at a restaurant, and they're like, "Oh, y'all here for that big kayak tournament?" You know, mm-hmm. you were. We were around Gunnersville at the national championship. No one knew why there were five hundred kayaks on the water. But it's you know, it was really cool that it's kind of accepted. It was a real like welcome feeling. All the bass boat guys. We didn't run into any like like I said the the pocket that we ran into the boats were touching each other. The kayaks were touching the boats. Everybody was having a good time catching fish. Nobody cared. Yeah. You're so right, man. I think everybody, you know, uh, on Lake Fork, uh, this past weekend was just so excited to be there. I mean, you're at yeah. Lake Fork at a absolute prime time. And, uh, so yeah, I think everybody was just happy, excited to be there. And, uh, was just and kinda, there's everybody's kind of rooting each other on, you know? Yeah. That's what blew me away, man. Like these, all these guys have got their lines within 10 yards of each other. Mm -hmm. Kayak guy hooks a big one and the boat guy's like, oh yeah, that's a nice one. Then he hooks a big one and oh yeah, no (laughs) one cared. And then, I mean, and it didn't, you could, you could worry about the pressure, but again, pre-fishing, you kind of didn't have to because there's just so many fish. Like everybody was just catching it. It was, it was great. It was good vibes. Definitely. Lance, was this your first time at Fork? That's my third how was it how was this experience compared to other ones at fork when when you were let me ask you this before the the previous times were you at a tournament or just you know leisure uh they're both tournaments so uh, right the last time was a bass event was the first one they had and then time before that was the uh i guess kind of the last toc before it switched uh management yeah How'd you do with that one, Lance? <laughs> well, uh, it's kind of deja vu, but yeah, yeah. I got uh, second in that one. And then the, so the bass event last year, I got fifth in it. So, so fork you're, decent yeah, you're, you're a beast on fork, man. So, I mean, worst uh, to be reckoned with, man. Yeah. When I, when I had shown up to the awards and I saw Lance, I think Lance, I think you said, this is a familiar feeling. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome, how is it? Man. How much do you love? Or how? What's your feelings about uh, Fork Lands? Obviously, like you it. like it, but yeah, I mean, it's, there's always that chance that there's a big one out there, which is really kind of what I like going down there for. Um, kind of looking for that personal best. Last year, I got it. Um, got it in length and in uh, in weight. What was that? Uh, it was. Well, seven four was it uh, last year? Was it? It was only like twenty and a half, or yeah, twenty one and a half, and then I had nice. a twenty two and a half that was uh, right at seven, and so those those are my my PBs from last year. And this year I had a couple twenty ones and some twenties, but never never anything great. Which I think kind of came with the cold water. My fish weren't gorged like Nate's were. Yeah. Mine were. They were healthy and big. They just they weren't at that point. Right. 
But the, the good fish you were catching were, are going to be, you know, 10 pounders in a, in a few days or a couple of weeks. Yeah. That's one thing. Did anybody catch a double digit? Does anybody know? Did anybody catch a complete donkey? I don't, I don't think anybody caught a double digit, even in pre-fishing or during the tournament. But uh, um, I think not, not a kayak guy anyway. I, don't, I, I can't speak for all the boats yeah. that were out there. Yeah, I think, let's see, uh, I know the big fish was Gage Coley with a 23 and a quarter, but I didn't catch what it weighed, but it was, it was giant, so. Biggest I heard, uh, Jeremy Mitchell had an 8.7 or 8.8, eight. it was upper 8. Wow. Uh, monster. My, How is my buddy uh, was fishing after I rage quit, he was fishing a dock of all things right outside of a pocket, and. He's got it all on video, and he hooked one under a pocket that I've never seen double over a, like, not a crankbait rod, not a soft rod, a flipping rod. It doubled his flipping rod over, and wound him up in the dock pilings. And uh, he had his pole down, his anchor pole down, and he was trying to pedal towards it. So he pedaled towards it, and the anchor pole didn't come up, and then it just slingshotted him backwards, and mm. it and it it got off, but reviewing the footage with him and watching the swirl. Like I'm pretty sure that was a freak, you know, 10 pounder or something like that, but we'll never know. Sorry, Hummel. I had to put you on blast there, my friend. You know, what's interesting is hearing you guys talk about how Lake Fork fish and how excited it was and all that. I bet you there's not a single Texan that fished that tournament that feels the same way about it. And I want to dive into that a little bit because you guys, both are you surprised uh, uh, at the results that I mean at the placement you got with that with those numbers, Lance? I know you, I mean uh, I'm sorry, Nate. I know you were surprised to be in first place, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I came I came down just wanting to fish for my personal best bass. I mean, like I said, being at Lake Fork and uh, this time of year, especially with the guide reports, are saying is like, yeah, you've got a great chance of making that happen. So. Um, yeah, I was totally surprised to be honest with you. I mean, you've got some really good sticks in this event. Uh, even, you know, I mean, some of those, those Texas guys have really figured out Lake Fork. I mean, you've got, you've got Guillermo, you've got Scotch, uh, you've got, uh, I mean, Christine Fisher was on some picks, uh, during, during pre-fishing, uh, you okay. know, an, another guy who, uh, who I don't believe was there, but is an absolute, uh, stick on fork is Ron Champion. Um, mm. he, he's a beast on fork and, uh, you know, so there's a, there's a lot of guys out there, um, and gals that can, can put up some good fish on fork. You got Lance who, um, has shown his consistency for what the last three years. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, I just think that, uh, Lake fork set up uh, in a way to be anybody's ball game. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm just fortunate that, uh, nobody caught one more big fish cause it looked a lot, <laughs> yeah, looked a lot different, man. For the same reason been, a lot of people couldn't stand that the tournament ended at 2.15, you were very glad that it ended at 2.15. Yes. <laughs> to me, when you look at it, there was I figured it would have taken maybe triple digits at least to, oh, yeah. to, to win it. I thought yeah. for sure triple digit. When you look at uh, OH Ivy, which fish this weekend, um, 104 was the winner. Um, see, that, on we the did the TK, little, what was that? We did the little like – go around the house and call out what we thought was going to win. And that was the consensus was 102 yeah. to 104. Mm-hmm. And only mm-hmm. one Texans got into the top 11. That was Guillermo. And even Guillermo, I talked to him. He wasn't like completely thrilled about it his day. Of course. And that speaks to how great it is. He was like, yeah, I got 90. I think he got 96 or something. Like he, he knew he was like, I didn't, you know, yeah, he was like, I don't even need if I got top 10. So, you know, for us mere mortals, 96 to me would have been like, heck, that was, that's a great day. But well, it's, it's it was a struggle for that. Texans. Yeah. Like, Guillermo came up behind me as I was moving uh, up to the point toward the end of the day. Uh, and uh, he, had, he had asked, he's like, are you, are you catching them? And I said, I've got five good ones. And, and I said, for 98 inches. And I said, how about you? And he goes, I've got five, five real good ones as well. And I said, but I don't think that 98 is going to be enough to win it. And he goes, no, it's, it's probably going to take over 100. And he, and he said, I, I think it's going to be one here in Glade. Um, and I totally agreed with them. You know, uh, I fully expected to, to maybe, maybe stay, you know, in a top five with 98 inches. Um, you know, I was worried about how many guys didn't have signal and didn't have an opportunity to upload. I mean, 
you know, I know I had spotty service, so I had to go all the way back to the ramp yeah. to upload my fish. So uh, I knew that that was possible for, for anybody. So, uh, you know, like I said, just extremely, I'm, I'm still shocked and surprised by, uh, you know, how close the, the, the race really was. What about you, Lance? Were you surprised that your third place finished with, uh, with your total? Oh, yeah. Yeah, when the three o'clock rolled around, and I didn't get a text. I was like, yeah, I kind of figured. I was like, well, I can maybe hope for like a, a top 10, but I was expecting about three to four and at least being over 100. And then <clears throat> I didn't really pay attention. Or I couldn't really hear a lot at the captain's meeting on check-in, whether it was just check-in with Tourney X or actually come back. And having in the upper 90s, uh, I just went ahead and flew back and got there before 3.15. And as soon as I pulled in the parking lot, I got a text that, hey, can you uh, make it here? And so I just responded, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> Beat you to it. <laughs> yeah, I knew I did good. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it, which yeah. uh, I saw Nate's total before everything shut off. So I knew I wasn't in first. But I had no idea whether I was in the second or third. Well, hey, you know, yeah, guys. And, and like you said earlier, Jimmy, a big shout out to the, to the kid who got second place. Um, really wish yeah. he would have been able to, to join us to hear about his day. And, yeah, and, Justin. And, yeah, how he got it done because uh, that kid, uh, he, he really put up some good fish as well. And, I mean, he, uh, he missed it by a quarter of an inch. He had an yeah. excellent day. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that we couldn't get a hold of him, but I messaged I mean, I messaged Dwayne, and Dwayne was like, "I." He's like, "I have his email, but that's about it." And I, and I well, talked to him on the ramp too. Like, well, I talked to all three of you when you got the award. So we'll be contacting you. I, I wish I would have asked him his phone. I figured out oh, he'll, you know, he'll. I'm sure he's on social media or something. We'll find him. But yeah, so maybe maybe he'll one. reach out, and you guys will be able to get him back on here. And oh yeah, uh, if, you if know. anything, we can do like a little like 20 minute filler exclusive or something. Let yeah, him talk about sure. it or do like a. Mm -hmm vlog or something we'll figure yeah. it out yeah i know he uh he just uh you know he, he caught some great fish and uh you know such a tight race i mean between uh myself and and, and him and, and lance and the rest of the field in the top you know 20 uh it was anybody's ball game so um, everybody did a fantastic job of sacking up those fish heck yeah man well y'all killed it i sucked it up armando we sucked it up but we i will be back <laughs> I'll I can't be wait there, to come back to Lake Fork. It's it's awesome. I'm I hope to come back next year, like the same week if everything plays out. Do it all over again. But uh, we this is the time of the show. You know, we get ready to close it out. Uh, we let you talk about thank any of your sponsors or who anybody that makes fishing easier for you. So Lance, take it away. Uh, I'd really like to thank Bonafide. They got me a kayak. Actually delivered down there. And I met nice. them with it, and I rigged it out the night before I pre-fished, so hoping nothing would break the next couple of days. <laughs> so that was uh, that was kind of blessing. <laughs> um, Kissel rods, propagator um, baits, of course, uh, Titan tungsten, Phoebe eye gear. Um, they're kind of the what keeps me on the water. Kind of Thank you. And of course, That's my, awesome. My family let me. Uh, let me go down there. My wife, kids, let me take a week away and then uh, be able to get back to them. Oh, yeah. Now they now they get to help spend that big check, man. So Yeah. They're super excited. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to let Dad go do this a lot more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, man, we appreciate it for sure. But, uh, Nate, what about you, man? Who makes it easy for you? Yeah, first and foremost, family. You know, the sacrifices that uh, – that are made from family members to allow you to, to get out and go chase, uh, you know, these opportunities like this is uh, super important. Can't be done without it. They take care of things at home for you. Um, but also, you know, Kelly Moe with Elmore's Rods, uh, that guy has, uh, has built some incredible rods for me over the years. Uh, not only has he built me uh, rods uh, for, for, for both of my wins at Lake Fork, um, but he also built me a, an amazing rod for, for my time in, in Australia at Hobie Worlds uh, to catch those yellowfin bream. And, uh, you know, he, he has wonderful craftsmanship. Uh, it's, it's worth every bit of it. 
um, I've got a lot of confidence in it. So, you know, thanks to Kelly Mo for, for always, you know, uh, supporting me and having my back and, uh, delivering me a really good product. And, and, uh, for sure, uh, Mr. B Brent, Brent Schneider, uh, with Mr. B lure company, man, uh, that, uh, that, that bladed jig got me a 7.7, uh, 22.5, uh, personal best. And I'm, you know, uh, super excited about that. Um, I'm hoping to get a mount made for that by Jimmy Lawrence, who's one of the best uh, taxidermists in, in, in the nation, um, probably in the world. Uh, so I'll be having having a mount made of that fish. I'm super excited for that. Um, and and thanks to Bass Nation for giving us this opportunity to to go down to Lake Fork and, and fish fish that event. And and uh, you know all the anglers that showed out for that that event uh, uh, just made it uh, that much more special. So. That's awesome, guys. Well, congrats again. Y'all killed it. Y'all are class act people. We thank you so much for giving us a little bit of your time to talk about it. And uh, sure, we'll have you back on again, uh, whether it be another event this year. Hope y'all do good or you come back and show out on Lake Fork again next year. But uh, we appreciate it, and we will talk to y'all again soon. Nice job, Lance. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having Take care, guys. Congratulations to both of you, gentlemen. Thanks, good guys. Night. Great job. Thanks for having us. All right. Well, another great show. Again, congrats yep. to those guys for putting it together and, you know, winning a big one. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and get to the other tournaments we had going on this week across the country. And then we got a little bit of uh, paddle and fin info we're going to give out about the event we got coming up. Uh, so, first off, the SoCal Kayak Anglers, 47 anglers at San Vicente, I guess. Probably screwed that up. But uh, first plate, Mar- Mark Christman with 88 and a quarter. Second, Justin Mopin, 84 inches. Third place, Brian Lepke with 83 and a quarter. Next up, Natural State Kayak Anglers on the Shogun Roadrunner event, which was, it was any public access within a radius of a certain area. That was a mouthful. It was way more than that. <laughs> I didn't to type all of that. But there were 73 anglers. Um, Dwayne Beatty won it with 93 and a quarter. Sam McLish, second place, 86 and a half. Third place, Carson McBride with 86 and a quarter. Congrats on that, guys. And then this one was interesting to me since we're about to be down there for a couple of weekends. Uh, the bluegrass kayak bass fishing guys were out on Del Hollow with 57 anglers. Uh, first place was Chris Schaefer, 92 inches. Second place, Mr. Hobie himself, AJ McHorter with 90 and a quarter. Third place, Brian Coyne with 90 inches. Based off of all of the pictures I saw, Del Hollow is turning on, which is great because we're mm-hmm. about to be down there. Uh, next one, a local one for me, Coleman Kayak Anglers were on Gunnersville. They had 43 people show up. That's their biggest tournament ever. Congrats to them. That's a nice little club. Um, my man Chris Marks took the win, 57 and a half. And his best friend, Coy Jones, was second place, 53 inches. I guarantee you I can tell you where you two guys were fishing. And you are continuing to show how good you are at that lake, Chris and Coy. Y'all are, y'all are killing it. Chris got fourth place, I think, last week at the Tennessee Valley Kayak Anglers of Chattanooga Tournament on Gunnersville. So, good job, Bubba. Uh, next up, Carolina Kayak Anglers. They had 74 anglers, and this was another, like, multi-lake thing. It was four lakes, five launches. Lake McIntosh, Stony Creek, Graham Bain, and Kamak. Uh, wow, my font got small on this one. I'm blind. Uh, first place was Christopher Decker with 93 and a quarter. Second place was Brooks Lanier with 88 and three quarter. Third was Melvin Yang with 83 and a half. So good job to those guys. Uh, last up, Kayak Anglers of Florida on Lake Istakpoga, maybe. <laughs> Can't pronounce that. 36 <laughs> anglers. Yeah, it's Florida, big fish land. Uh, First place, Sam Seta Case, 86 and a half. Second place, Michael Nielsen with 85. And third place, Chris Mitchell with 83 and a quarter. Congrats guys on that. I will go ahead and apologize to anybody that had a tournament that happened on Sunday because I wrote all this down Saturday and forgot to go back and look for the archive tournaments. So if you had a tournament, you had a bunch of people there, congratulations to all the winners and keep hammering them out. So now that we got all that done, take a breath. Now we're going to get to the, the paddle and fin stuff that's coming up. We have got wrong graphic. Here we go. go. Coming up, uh, we've got the Paddle and Fin Clash of the Clubs on Del Hollow. Um, We've talked about it a lot. 
if you've been on the OG show, it's three man teams. They've opened it up. Uh, it's even bigger than this graphic right here. Uh, three man teams coming from uh, grassroots clubs only. Uh, everybody's coming down to Del Hollow uh, to the Eastport Marina. They're going to hook us up. We're going to have, I think there's three boats being given away. There's been extra money donated in the pot, you know, all sorts of stuff going to go down that weekend. It's going to be killer. There's also the open trail event that day, uh, April 9th and 10th. So come on down to Del Hollow, hang out with us. It's going to be a good time. We're going to be running around with cameras and it's going to be a, just a hell of an experience. If you've got, got the time, come to Del Hollow for sure. I mean, you might catch the world record smallmouth that's happened there once already. So yep. you never know. But uh, I think that's it. That was a lot to a lot to fill in right here at the end. But you know, another good show. A uh, whole bunch of stuff coming up, man. There's lots of tournaments. Paddling Finn's got a lot of big things going on. So stay tuned. Check out Armando Show Bass Kayak and Beers. I'm sure he's got some cool guests coming up. Might even have yep. me on again because I'm beautiful. He likes talking to me. Yes, <laughs> in that sexy red beard. Uh, yeah, man. It was a good show. Glad to have everybody back. We'll see you again Monday. See you Monday, guys. Yeah, yeah. And now I got to find our closer because all that changed too. <laughs> While you find that, uh, for those out there fishing, I know Chris Marks mentioned something about Gunnersfield and the encroachment and all that. I had this experience. I had a great experience. If you want to fish a spot, there's other people, just ask. Just be courteous. Even if you feel like you're entitled to that spot, just say, hey, man, I've got two or three times where I just say, you don't mind if I go past you. You don't mind if I, and I've never had anybody get upset because of asking. So, you know, treat them like you like to be treated. If somebody's approaching your spot and you should be Easy way to put it. Result. Easy way to put it right here. Don't be an ass. Good night. <laughs> Good night. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle in Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com. 